Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 62, The Kingdom of Heaven, Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I am here with... Zena. The warrior princess. <laughs> She's back. And we're back with part two today of the Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. So once again, ready to take the red pill? As always. Wasn't such a red pill to swallow last week, but I think this week we're going to find out. It's a a good pill. It's going to get a little interesting, yeah. (laughs) So of course, we've been talking about the Kingdom of Heaven, and we're talking about how it's a physical kingdom on the earth. Mm -hmm. It comes back from heaven when the Lord returns. And the children of God are going to inherit the kingdom and reign over it. So we're going to kind of look at how that came about. And it's going to tie back to one of the words we talked about last week when we discussed the term dominion. Mm-hmm. And we talked about even though it's a, a rich people's uh, neighborhood <laughs> in San Antonio, yes. it also has to do with something that man can lay claim to, and it's the earth, the dominion of the earth. So we're going to get into that. So let's dive right in. Now, you'll remember that last week we discussed an interesting passage in the book of Matthew where Christ said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And he's talking about the kingdom of heaven being taken by satanic forces. They want control. They want the dominion. Yes. They want this kingdom. So we're going to explore that in more detail because it's going to tie into what's really about to happen and what is happening in the world today. All the craziness that's going on is really part of an age-old thing. So to give you a little bit of a backdrop for it, when Jesus arrived and began his ministry on this earth, remember I said that there was an explosion of demonic activity. Yes. And so that's why he was casting out devils and doing this and that. The, The dominion of the world at the time was controlled by the Roman Empire. So Rome was the fourth kingdom of the Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Yes. And it was the culmination of all the kingdoms. Now, Rome had essentially solidified into the psyche of humanity the worship of the sun, sun god. Okay. Different names. They call it Zeus or Jupiter, I guess, in, in Latin, and then Zeus in Greek. But it's essentially Baal. It's the same thing, Lucifer. And... um When Christ arrived, he interrupted that darkness with light. He essentially came along and said, okay, I'm the light of the earth. And uh, Satan was losing his control. And he must have known that because when Jesus was uh, in the wilderness, he tried to tempt him with the offer of this dominion that Satan was trying to get. But we're going to find something about that passage that we've never focused on before, and we're going to we're going to focus on it now. But we're going to, and it's the passage that I'm talking about where Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world. Yes. But there's a term in there that we've never really focused on as much. Ooh, okay. So we're going to go back first to lay a groundwork of why the term delivered is more important than we realize. Okay. All right? So we'll start in Genesis chapter 1 because as we spoke last week, Lucifer once had a dominion and a throne on this earth before he rebelled. So God made man. And a common Christian misconception is uh, basically a, uh, it's a big $10 word here. I'm going to see if I can pronounce it right. (laughs) Uh, the, The mindset is anthropocentric. I think you pronounced it right. Did I? Which is focused on man. 
It's all about man. And, and the idea is that God created the earth for man. Okay. Which is kind of the way most creation teaching is based. It's not true. God created man for the earth. The earth has been around. Okay. God made man to give dominion over the earth because he had a purpose and a plan. It once was controlled by angels uh-huh. who rebelled. Very true. Now he's got a purpose with man. So in Genesis chapter 1, he creates man. Uh, earth is first. And he didn't create that earth in those five days or six days. That was the restoration of the heaven and earth that has been around for who knows how long. Right? So in Genesis 1 verse 26, we read, And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. There's the word, dominion. Interesting thing, let us make man in our image. Us as in plural. I wonder who us is titles. And, And the simple answer would be, oh, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But God is unified in one. Yeah. He doesn't have to have this discussion with himself. Yeah. You know, let, I, I don't say, what shall we have for dinner today? And I talk to myself. <laughs> sometimes I do. What am I, what am I going to eat? Well, that's true. Sometimes <laughs> I do. But God didn't have to do that. So he's speaking to somebody else. And he's speaking to the angels. Oh. Let us make man in our image, as we're going to see. Man was made a little lower than the angels. Uh, it's almost like he, was, he included them in a divine council. And we're going to see more of that council as time goes on. Okay. So, and he gave him dominion. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And notice that it went from the plural, let us make man, to the singular. God created man in his own image. So God's the creator. He made man. He had a conference about it. He discussed it with the angels. And it's not like he needed their input. He's telling <laughs> what he's going to do. But he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue as in it needs to be tamed, so to speak. Yes. Or put under and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So we think of dominion of like the animal kingdom. I mean, what's what's to rule over? You know, animals. Those lions. Is it the lions? I think there's something about those <laughs> the, the dominion has to do with who once had it and when they were fighting over it. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. So he's saying, I want you to subdue this insurrection, this violent taking, and have dominion over all that I created. So he gave it to man. And interestingly enough, he did one thing that had never been done before in this creation with man. He gave them the ability to reproduce, which angels did not do. That's right. So male and female, that's the only way for that to happen is for for production, for, what's the word, progenation? I don't know the term now, but uh, procreation, we'll say that. For procreation, we need both male and female. So he didn't give that to any other sentient being. So our elder brethren, the angels, you know, they don't reproduce that way. Because it's only men. They seem to be only male. If there's any female angels, it's the only ones I see is in that book of Zechariah where they carry the the ephah yeah. to Babylon. And I'm not sure what's going on there exactly, but it does say it's wickedness. So I don't think it's a good thing, a good angel. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> not, nothing imputing about the females. And there could be other angels. They just don't reproduce. Now, that dominion, I once erroneously said, was lost by Adam when he sinned. But the scripture doesn't bear that out. I've, I've believed that in the past, but I can see now that no, that just because Adam became a mortal being that no longer was going to live forever and was driven out of the garden did not mean that God relinquished his promise that man would have dominion of the earth. It's still by decree. And so when God makes a statement like that, it's a law like a law of physics, like... um. Gravity, okay, whether I believe it or not, <laughs> if I jump off a building, there's a good chance I'm going down. You yeah, know? you're going to break something, that's for sure. Almost 100% chance. <laughs> so when God made that statement, that's like a law of physics. It's not like Satan can come in and change that. He's bound by it, hmm. just as you and I are bound by gravity. So later on, after the flood of Noah, 
we know there's only eight humans left because of what we've talked about in the past, the Nephilim and the judgment and all that stuff. But in Genesis chapter 9, if we fast forward to after the flood of Noah, we get this. Verse 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, now this will sound familiar, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Yes. Same thing as Adam. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be uh, upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon all that moveth over the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Now, were they delivered like, did he bring them to the, to the slaughterhouse so he could eat them? No. No, it means the dominion. It's the same thing. You are, you are going to reign over this creation. All right? And even though we're going to fill it up again with animals because I had you save one of every kind or two of every kind, uh, in time, this is still your dominion. So in a way, it's a reaffirmation of the proclamation. Man gets the earth. Yes. And that is verified in Psalm 115. Let's notice something here. And this has nothing to do with whether man was not sinful or obedient or not. It has to do with a decree that God made. So Psalm 115, verse 16, we read, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. We are the children of men. We are the children of men. So who has been given the earth? We. We have. Man. Yes. Okay. So Satan, with all his tricks, can't just come in and say, Nah, the earth is mine. I'm taking it. He can't do it. Nope. There's a decree here. He's bound by God's word. He may be a rebel. He may be defiant, but he can't change the laws of nature. No, he, he can't cannot. change the laws of physics. So if God gave earth to mankind, then the earth is man's birthright. Yes. It is his. We have the title deed. We own it. God gave it to us. We, I could, if Satan said, I'm taking your property, I would say, there's the contract right there. God gave this Do you think that that can work, you know, in like foreclosures, like someone pull out a Bible and be like, <laughs> sorry, you actually can't. God gave me the title. It may not work for a specific piece of property that you owe money to, <laughs> like a mortgage. <laughs> I just, just want to set that just, I just thought I'd ask, you know. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> right. Right? Maybe they're believers and they're like, you know what? You're so right. We can't do that. So this brings up a whole point about humanity and property rights. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Okay. So man is given dominion of the earth. And so he's got the title to the planet. He is the rightful di- dominion. He is the rightful heir to the dominion, if you will. Satan wants it back. He's no longer the rightful heir. Okay. So how can he legally gain control of something if he's not man? Um, by the Antichrist. Which is going to be... A man. A man, right. It's going to be what that thing that's inside of Judas. Right. That, that uh, I've not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil. Yes. Right? And it's, it's going to be a hybrid. Uh-huh. So when you think about it, man sinned and God began a plan of redemption to bring him back to him. But Jesus Christ, we've already seen, is the king of the kingdom of heaven. Yes. He's going to come back to reign on the earth. Mm -hmm. If he's God and God gave the earth to man, how can he lay claim to the title of the earth? How can Jesus? Yeah. Because Jesus is man. Amen. There you go. (laughs) That's it. So the point being... Even God's son had to abide by the contract. Yes. So God's plan of redemption, he could have said, you know, pet a unicorn three times and you'll be saved. Oh, darn. But he didn't do that. No. He had his son born and become a man so he could legally claim title to the earth. Yep. Well, the devil knows that too. So his son is going to be born a man. Oh, gosh. And he's working right now behind the scenes with men to Give him their title. Okay. So if humanity has the title to the earth, you know, if Satan walked up to you and he said, hey, Zena, sign over your house note to me and how about just letting me have it? 
And you'd probably say, get me behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. Get like, out of here. Unless you're going to pay for it, I'm not signing anything. But what if there was a handful of global elite oligarchs that would willingly hand over the title deed to Satan because they want him to reign as their god? How are they going to speak for you and I? They don't own our property. Yeah. Or do they? They probably do. They're about to. Oh, what? Yep. Once they gain control of the majority of the property, they can then legally say to Satan, here you go. And it has already, it happened once before. It almost happened with the Roman Empire. Because when they had the whole world in darkness worshiping Satan through ignorance and worshiping the sun, they controlled all the commerce. They controlled everything. So they had the power. And therefore, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, uh, issue with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And we're going to see why that statement delivered is so important. Yes. But before we get to that, we have to look at some other passages of Scripture to put it in a frame of reference. So property lines, boundaries, mm -hmm. okay, uh, in the Old Testament would have been referred to as a landmark. Yep. Okay. That's the corner of my property there. That tree is the corner there. That little creek in the back is the back side. Though it's my property. I own this, right? Yes. That's how you can determine what you own the title to. Because if I'm next door, I want to make sure we have a definite boundary so my title shows what I clearly own, mm -hmm. right? So we each are happy and everybody does their, you know, does their thing. <laughs> well, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19, we read this interesting passage. Verse 14 says, that, um, oops, it didn't go. Deuteronomy 19, verse 14. Yeah, okay. It's, the, it's like it was staying on the last thing in Psalms. It wouldn't change over. Verse 14 of 19 says, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Now he's talking to Israel, and it's a part of the law. But you get the idea. Don't remove your neighbor's landmark. If you were to do so, that would be, uh, a, it would be like a, a fraudulent thing. Mm -hmm. So in communism, for example, nobody owns anything. Yes. Because the state owns it all. So they're removing the landmarks. So in, when it, okay, do people have to pay rent then? Actually, that's ultimately what is coming. This thing called the Great Reset by the World Economic Forum in 2030 is all about taking advantage of these chaotic times, the pandemic, whatever, the, the economy, all that stuff happening, to reset the world system so that nobody owns anything and they'll be happy. That's what we're coming up to. You're going to no longer have property. You're going to rent everything from us, the oligarchs. Ew. That's what they want because they want to own the property so they can turn it over. No, I yeah. own my car. Sorry, I have yeah. the title. No, nope. you're not going to own anything if they have their way. You don't own a thing. You're gonna you're gonna eat what they tell you to. You're gonna you know work with the job they want you to, and you'll like it, and you won't complain. That's what 1984 George Orwell. That book is all about. Okay, but go with me to the book of Hebrews, and see the Bible says different. We got the landmarks. Sounds like the Hunger Games. I know it's all those dystopian future movies are pictures of what's coming, even though it's fiction. It's the satanic global elite who controls the media yeah. showing you their plan. They love to brag in what they're doing. They may hide behind the scenes, but they flaunt it in your face. Okay? So Hebrews chapter 2, notice verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, where, which is the kingdom of heaven, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Yeah. Or the son of man that thou visitest him. Well, what is man? We're dirt, right? <laughs> thou madest him a little lower than the angels. And from the soil, right? Mm -hmm. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. So God may have made us out of dirt, but he gave us dominion. Yes. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. We are going to control the world to come. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. 
Yes. So why? Because the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Mm -hmm. The violent take it by force. We got a satanic entity involved, right? But we see Jesus. Well, we'll come back to that one. We're going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> I want to save that because I want to talk about this world to come. He gave it to man. In Romans chapter 4, it, it was first given to Adam and then reaffirmed to Noah, we saw. Yes. And then later on, God called Abraham because eventually he was the only one that worshipped him. So he said, all right, through you I'll bring forth a nation. Through you I'll give the world. And if we go to Romans chapter 4, we can get to the summary of it without reading all the passages in Genesis, which would take too long. So Paul writes about it in a summary in verse 13 of Romans 4. He says, for the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We know that Abraham was faithful and God said, here's the promise. You're going to be heir of the world and your children would inherit it too. We are his children. And we are, according to the book of Galatians, through Jesus Christ. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. So now remember, Abraham begat Isaac, mm -hmm. and his son Isaac begat Jacob and Esau. Yes. Now you remember those were brothers that fought. Yeah, did okay. it, was it, it was Esau that killed his brother. Uh, no, no, e no, Esau wanted to kill his brother. Abel, uh, Cain killed Abel. Okay. But Esau, but they were both twins, so you got that right. Okay. And Esau was a twin to, to Jacob, but uh, after Jacob, after we read what he did, Jacob, uh, Esau wanted to kill Jacob. Okay. But time went by and he ran away, and then he kind of forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, and he really He's did. Like, eh, all right, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we go back to Genesis though, because we want to read the story a little bit to give our readers uh, to catch them up. Genesis 25, verse 29, and Jacob sawed pottage, which means making stew. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. He'd been out hunting. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I'm faint. I'm about to pass out. Yeah. I'm so weary. Therefore was his name called Edom, and Edom means it's the same as Adam. It's almost the same word, Adam, red man. Okay. So the red pottage was probably like maybe lentils or something. Red lentils. And so Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Now, what was his birthright? Esau's the firstborn, though they were twins, he came out first. So the firstborn by tradition got the birthright. What is the birthright? Oh, I know this. Well, it comes from Abraham. So remember, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Esau. Esau should have been given the birthright. Yeah. What was Abraham promised? The world. He was going to be the heir of the world. Yes. He was going to inherit the earth. Right. And so Jacob and in the birthright included the birth of Jesus Christ. So Esau says, who cares about the birthright? Jacob says, uh, you want soup? Sell me your birthright. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? <laughs> what little regard he had to inherit the earth. Yeah. He's like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for a sandwich, you know, <laughs> a Give bowl of soup. Lentils. And Jacob said to, me, said to him, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So he despised his birthright, meaning the promise of God that Abraham would be the heir of the world. Yeah. Esau cared nothing about. He was satanic. He had no interest in the things of God. Or that would have been more important to him than anything. Yes. He, I would rather die than lose the birthright. That's true. Jacob valued the birthright. And though he tricked him out of it, God honored his faith. I mean, he, you're right. He did trick him out of it. He tricked him out of it, but then God changed his name to Israel. And it's, it literally means he strives with God. You know, I wasn't the firstborn, but I want the birthright. I'll yeah. honor it. And God said, okay. He's like, all right, you tricky one. <laughs> so when we go back to Hebrews, where uh, we were going to go a moment ago, but I wanted to interrupt it for that story. In chapter 12, we read in verse 16, uh, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. So Esau was a profane person who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright, the soup. <laughs> for ye know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected 
for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. You know, sometime later after he sold him the birthright, the father Isaac was about to die and he couldn't see anymore. He's blind practically. Yeah. And Esau, the brother, was a hairy, hairy man. And Jacob was very smooth and plain. And Esau smelled like the field because he was always out hunting. So um, when Isaac was about to die, he was going to have to pass the birthright on and the blessing. And he was going to bless his firstborn. Yes. So Rebecca, the mother, the wife of Isaac, said, Jacob, go do this. Prepare venison, and I'm going to put on some coats of skin for you. I mean, he was so hairy, he felt like an animal. So he put uh, coats of skin of a goat on the back of his neck and on his arms so that he would smell and feel like Esau because Isaac couldn't see. So when he came in, he said, wow, the voice sounds like Jacob, but you smell like my son Esau, so you must be Esau. So he blessed him, and he got the birthright. How about that? Now, how did Rebecca know? Well, Rebecca knew because she was the mom. Mom, she knows everything, right? That's true. Mama ain't happy. Ain't nobody happy. Nope. So she wanted to work it out to where her son would get the birthright because I think God used her. Yeah. God wanted her to do that. And then what's interesting is after Jacob left and he got the blessing, Esau came in because mom sort of intervened and, and got ahead of him with Jacob. So Esau comes in with his meal and Isaac says, who is this? And he says, I'm Esau, your firstborn. He goes, oh, no, I've already blessed Jacob. Yeah. And Esau began to cry. Don't you have even one blessing for me? And he says, I, he gave him a little blessing, but he didn't inherit the promise. Gosh, Esau, all that for some lentils. All that for some lentils. So he, and he despised the birthright. So it shows you how important the blessing, the promise, the birthright, the landmark, property, the earth is yeah. to God. That's why the idea of um, capitalism grew out of property ownership. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Which grew out of the gospel. So when you think about it, the world was controlled by the Roman Empire. That was an absolute monarchy. You know, that was a, a, an oppressive tyranny. And then when Christ came, the light of the gospel, men began to rebel against the government. Yes. And the truth grew, and through persecution, more people believed. And from that was an explosion of liberty. The world began to change, and the Roman Empire fell. And then we had nations born like France and Spain and Germany and whatever, and England. And ultimately, the ideas and the concepts of freedom and democracy and everything that we know. Still a lot of bad in the world because Satan's still involved in it. But light began to be shed. And we finally came to realize that men shouldn't be in bondage. Men shouldn't be enslaved. Men shouldn't be a subservient to the king. And we had this freedom that we understand today. And it's taken a long time to get here. But all this time, Satan has been saying, hmm, I almost had him. I almost had the entire title deed through the Roman Empire. (laughs) Now Christ came and he messed everything up. (laughs) So he's been working behind the scenes, the shadows, the satanic global elite, the secret societies. Do you think the Antichrist's mom's name is going to be something that rhymes with Mary? 
I don't know, but that's an interesting point, you know. <laughs> I guess we could say her name's going to be Larry or Gary. Or Sherry. Or Sherry, yeah. <laughs> now, remember, we talked about Abraham. Yes. And he's the heir of the world. Well, what about us? In Galatians chapter 3, we read verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Every believer is a child of God by adoption. And we're going to get into talking about the sons of God in a few, maybe next episode. Okay. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And that's the spiritual baptism when you believed. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. Well, I know we're physically male and female. Yes. So this has to be a spiritual condition, a judicial condition. And if you be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Ooh. When we when we refer to being joint heirs with Christ, what are we joint heirs of? The world. The world, the kingdom of heaven that's coming to the earth. Now, remember we read a last um, episode in Daniel 7 that the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. We're going to take it back from the satanic global elite. Oh. Right? The Lord's going to do it, and we're going to inherit it. Yes. So he's going to get control of it for a very short time, and Christ is going to come back to take it back. But the interesting thing is, um, we saw that when Christ began to speak in parables about the kingdom, he said they were the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Because they blasphemed, and it was clear they weren't going to receive him. Well, just as the kingdom of heaven went into mystery form, so does Satan's kingdom go into mystery form. How ironic. He took the kingdom of heaven by force, but it's not really his. So he's hiding it. All right. So he went into a mystery form too. It's called the mystery of iniquity. Okay. And all this time, he's always had, really since Judas forward, an inside group of people, a secret collection that do his bidding which are ultimately trying to get the title deed to the planet through humanity willingly saying, we deed it over to you. Okay. And the only way they can do that is if the majority of the wealth passes from the 80% of the world to the 1% of the rich. And it's the rich that are, they've done it. It just happened. What? In the last three years, the middle class of the world, not just this country, but the whole world, yes. owned 80% of all the wealth on the planet. Really? And the other 20% was owned by the 1% of the very richest people. Okay. That graph finally went like this and crossed over. And with the pandemic was the final nail in the coffin. The 1% now owns 80% of all the wealth they have the controlling interest in the corporation of the earth. Oh, gosh. You better believe they're coming out of the shadows and they're ready to give the title deed. The last nail has to be the last little bit of liberty and private property. You're not going to be able to own anything coming up soon. They're, they've even given us the year in which it's going to take place, 2030. <sighs> Eight years away, folks, is their plan to take over and give the title deed to Satan. And that's like the whole world. Like if I wanted to move to Canada. Nowhere you it, can go. Uh, okay. Nowhere you can go. Because they're going to control the title deed. You would just, if, they, if you fought against them, they'll just kill you. Oh, that's beautiful. They're coming out of the shadows, right? So, and all of this because of one passage. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I know you've heard us talking, Ryan Peterson. And I talk about this before, but he, after Eve sinned and Adam sinned, and then he confronted them in the serpent, he said to the serpent, God said, They did not want to do that. That's all right. Oh, wait. Bless your heart. I know just what you're going through, believe me. I was like, I don't want to do that with the microphone on. That's rude. Well, we'll, we'll edit that out. Back to what you were saying. And so God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right, the seed of the woman would ultimately be Christ. Yes. The seed of the serpent is the Antichrist. Oh. So this is the promise that Satan's been working against. He wants to try to prevent the seed from taking the time. He tried to prevent it from being born. Yes. But he couldn't. So once he was born and he killed him, 
He rose from the dead and Christ defeated Satan. So the only thing you can do is, I'm going to try to take the kingdom by force. Mm -hmm. If I can't defeat him in birth and I can't defeat him through death, I'm going to defeat him through property, through the landmarks. <sighs> That's what's happening now. So now brings us back to this statement, Luke chapter 4. And this is where we were trying to head to all this time. You'll, you're familiar with the passage, but I'm going to read it again for our listeners. And the devil taking him up, Jesus, before he began preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. The devil took him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So if we've already discussed that in the past, Jesus rejected the offer. But what about this statement? That is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. How were the kingdoms of the world delivered unto Satan? He's an angel. He's a cherub. He's not man. How does he have the power to give the kingdoms of the world to Jesus? Uh, manipulation. Yep, manipulation. But what had to happen, legally speaking, in order for him to say, I control it, I can give it to whomever I will. They if had it to was, sign over their rights. They signed it over. They, the Roman Empire gained control of all the known world and delivered the majority of the world. Yes. So they delivered it unto Satan. They worshiped him. Mm -hmm. They, they, so it was like he almost had it, and Christ said, get behind me. I'm not taking your offer. I'm content to wait for God's kingdom, yes. the kingdom of heaven to come. And so if you want to know more about what's really going on now oh, and how close we are to Satan and his operatives, his proxies, gaining all the title, all the birthright, so that, he can turn it, that they can turn it over to Satan, go to the website stopworldcontrol.com. They talk about the vaccine. They talk about the pandemic. They talk about the, ec the economy. Everything coming together. And there's a video that you should watch. It's the first thing you should watch. And it's titled, Who Owns the World? Not us. And this guy, now this is not a Christian-based organization, although there might be believers that are part of this. Uh, it's made up of doctors, lawyers, engineers, all kind of uh, professionals in the field that have woken up and they've said, wait a minute, this, they're not telling us the truth. The media is lying to us and we need to stop this. So they're thinking we can stop it. I'm saying, no, you can't. Uh, Satan's already in the, unless the Lord is going to tarry a hundred years, I'm convinced that we are in the last days and the Lord is about to come back. But watch the video, Who Owns the World, so you can see, bless you, so you can see, I know we're both just struggling so much. You can see who is behind the scenes and operating and bringing all this to fruition. So remember we were reading in Hebrews about, what is man that you're mindful of him? Yes. You made him lower than the angels, but you made him over everything that you, you put him dominion over everything that you had. Well, let's go back to Hebrews 2 again, and we'll wrap this up. Love it when my dog starts to drink water and <laughs> we hear this slurping sound in the microphone. And so we see not yet all things put under man, verse 9 of Hebrews 2, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Now, like we said, God could have redeemed mankind by having you pet a unicorn. Yes. Good luck finding one, right? But, yeah, they're not real. <clears throat> but he redeemed mankind through a child being born. Of a virgin. So it's... Yeah, mind-blowing. Yes, mind-blowing. And therefore, it's so that he could taste death. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, but also so that he could legally lay claim to the birthright. Because he's God in man. Yes. So hence the point of his name. Look in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. He's the one that's going to come back to lay, the lay claim to the title. Matthew 1, verse 20 says, and by the way, um, we're all going to be hearing this passage a lot coming up because every Christmas, this is the Christmas story. Right? Oh, real? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Duh. Yeah. So verse 20, but while Joseph thought on these things because he found out that Mary's pregnant and they've never joined together yet, 
He says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary for thy wife. You were asking about Mary, the name Mary? Yes. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It wouldn't surprise me if her name was Mary. Right. The, 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 the mother of the Antichrist. He might just do that. That's something <sighs> Satan would do. But he says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins, and that had to do with his dying. Yes. But something else. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and this is in Isaiah, so I'm going to read it right here. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Oh. Emmanuel, God with us. God in man, the God man, Jesus. Okay. Therefore, he can meet the legal requirements to lay title to the earth even though he's the actual creator of the earth. Okay. But the creator said, man, this is yours. And so for man to be redeemed, he had to have a man redeemer. He had to have somebody that could die, yes. but who could also lay claim to the title. Oh, That's why Jesus had to be born a man and had to be born of a virgin so that his bloodline wouldn't be from carnal sinful men, yes. but from the father himself. And that's how Satan's going to, he's going to imitate God and do the same thing somehow. He's going to have a child through a woman, but it's birthed through a cherub yes. and not a man. And so we read in John chapter 1, and that's why these passages are so important in verse 10. He was in the world, Jesus, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came and said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm the king. And they said, we don't want you. And they crucified him. The world knew him not. He came into his own, Israel, and his own received him not. But to uh, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God, meaning we, get, we become children of God by adoption. Yes. We're born men, women, but we're going to become sons of God. And the word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And, the Bible, and it said in verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then in verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word begotten is important because there are many sons of God. The angels are sons of God. Yes. But only one begotten son of God. What does begotten mean? Born of a virgin. Okay. Born a man. So when you read a passage in a Bible that says Jesus is the one and only son of God, that's not true. He's the only begotten son of God. Yes. That's important. That aspect of him being man is important. Therefore, here's the title claim. Look in Psalm 2. And this word begotten is going to come into picture here. Verse 7. Psalm 2, verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. This was way back in the Psalms. Wowzers. Hundreds of years before. <laughs> Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Now, what does heathen mean? Gentiles. Okay. Yeah. So we, we think of it as like a, you know, remember, was it Red Fox? Did you ever watch Sanford and Son? That's so yes. far before your time, right? I did. I did watch that. Did you that. remember that? So he had, a, he had a neighbor named, was it Edith? Or uh, I don't remember her name now, but she always called him a heathen. Yes. That's why I was like, so what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, she meant it as he didn't go to church. <laughs> she was a very churchy, yes. pious lady. But Red Fox was, he was just a junk dealer. You know, he, he didn't care. But she always <laughs> called him a heathen as if to say, you're not a good God-fearing man. Yeah. But in reality, uh, heathen was the word for Gentiles, the nations that worshiped idols and didn't worship God. Okay. So that's how it's used in the scriptures. But what he's saying is when I'm giving my son, who's begotten as a man, the earth, and therefore through him we believe and we can become children of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. So it's so cool how it all works out. Yes. So when you go to that website to read that uh, information about um, who owns the world and everything else, 
And let me give you that uh, reference again. It's StopWorldControl.com. StopWorldControl.com. You can see how they put the pieces together of what's happening right now in the world to bring about the uh, transfer of all property from mankind to the satanic global elite so they can invite Satan to come take over. Yeah. But that's the bad news. The good news is... It's all according to God's purpose because he's allowing it to happen so that he can come back and take the victory. We already have it. He just hasn't returned yet. Yeah. And so we'll close with a very uh, encouraging thought because I don't want you to go home now and go have nightmares. (laughs) I have them already. Well, Paul closed out his Roman letter to the Romans. And in verse 20, he said, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. If the time is nigh that this is all about to go down, we should be rejoicing. Look up, for now is your salvation draweth nigh. That means the Lord's about to come back. And while we may go through some tough times, he's going to come back and defeat Satan, and it's all going to come down to him uh, restoring the inheritance to humanity through Christ. But there's one thing I want to leave you with a thought because we talked about sons of God, okay? And we're going to talk about, I think, next episode, the sons of God. But there's a passage in uh, Psalm 82, and I want to read it before we close here. Because remember when we were talking about God making man to have dominion and he made the decree that humanity gets the earth? And he said, let us make man in our image? Yes. So he was like a divine council of angels. There are brethren. We're made lower than them, but we're going to look something like them, you know? The difference being we're male and female. Yes. But that's not the only time God ever had a council meeting with them. In Psalm 82, and I'm going to encourage my listeners to maybe go read this passage, and then when we come back to converse this in the next episode, you'll be a little more familiar with it. We read in verse 1, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Who are the gods? Well, it's funny because in Hebrew, the sons of God are called the Benai Elohim in Hebrew, which is sons of God. Yes. So Elohim is the word for God, and it could be God's plural or it could be God the Father. Okay. And the context of Hebrew bears out which one. So he says, he judgeth among the gods, the Elohim. These are not, there's no other God but God. Yeah. So he's judging among the sons of God. Okay. It's the angels. The the rising. I'm just kidding. Wait, is it the the morning stars? The morning stars. That's okay. right. Yeah. I was you, like, not the rising stars. Well, but you're close. You're close. So stars, angels. You're right. Good. See, I love how you remember this. <laughs> so in this case, though, some of those morning stars are the ones that rebelled. Remember? Yes. Okay. So he's judging among the gods. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse two, and he says to these gods, "How long will you judge unjustly?" And accept the persons of the wicked. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Do you know in the book of Daniel, these sons of God are called the watchers? No. They were called the what? The angels. Okay. Called the watchers. They were supposed to be guiding their younger brethren, Adam and Eve, and giving them help and showing them the right path. But they turned around and the, the, the devil came in and deceived them. Yeah. And then the fallen angels misled mankind into becoming wicked and evil and oppressive and all this. Oh, it's terrible. And they took the wisdom of God and they turned it into corruption. So he's saying, how long are you going to do this? You fallen angels that won't return and won't repent. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. How how were the poor and fatherless being afflicted? Through men being taught by fallen angels how to oppress them. Yes. Right? Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. So you can see this is the repercussion of humanity falling and angels guiding them down the wrong path. Yes. We don't realize how much influence they had on humanity. And then verse 6, he says, I've said you're gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, sons of God, morning stars. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. 
Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. That's blowing my mind. Wow. He's saying, when I come back and I set my begotten over the works of my hand and he restores righteousness on the earth in the kingdom of heaven and man will finally have dominion of the earth like he was supposed to, you guys, you angels that sinned and fell and rebelled, you're going to die like men. I'm going to put you in hell and you're going to end up in the lake of fire just like men. Yeah. And he's warned them. That blows my mind. God wrote this book to show the fallen angels, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And this is what you're going to get for what you did rebelling against me. It's really amazing. (laughs) I'm not going to rebel. That's right. We don't want anybody to rebel because why fight against it when you could be on the side of victory? You could be on the side of righteousness, you know. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I love the passage in Romans that said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And a wise preacher once told me, if you're a whosoever, you can be saved. Yep, I'm a whosoever. (laughs) I think everybody's a whosoever. So (laughs) we don't want you to go through the time of God's wrath. We want everybody to realize that there's hope in Christ. You can be a part of the kingdom of heaven and inherit the earth with him if you would just trust him as your savior. Yes. Our prayer is that you would, and thank you again for listening today. Yes. As always, guys, thank you but thank you so much for subscribing, liking, and sharing. Please excuse my nose. <laughs> uh, please leave a comment down below if something new that you've learned, as well as topics you would like us to speak on. Amen. I think your nose got even worse this time. I think it yeah, did. Yeah, it did. Well, we're, we're going to pray for Zena. <laughs> That she gets a clear, and I, I need it too, because I tell you, I, I get, yeah. she's having one bad day. I have like a hundred in a row. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we'll pray for Zena to feel better, and we thank you all so much for tuning in again. Zena, thank you as always. Of course. And Lord willing, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.